1: Week's episode, we are going to dedicate it in loving memory to our grandmother, Lenore Rivera. Legacy. We all leave one behind, but we have a choice as to whether or not it will be one that leaves a long-lasting, positive, powerful impression on those we do life with. So to honor our grandmother's legacy and the impact she made on both memes and my motherhood journey we will share some parts of her story with our torn tribe may this message inspire you as we join you on your drive run or errand so memes when i think of our abuela there's four words that come to mind and i figure we can break it down for our folks cuz i think there are four words that most mothers identify with and the first one was figure and by figure, I was referring to her, how her impact in society. And so, do you want to give our torn drive a little download on where Grandma came from and all yes. so her history?
0: Our abuela was born in San Juan, Puerto Rico, in 1925. Um, she was the eldest of 14 children um, between her mother and father. And she... Migrated to New York in the early 40s with, I believe, my eldest aunt um, and two of my uncles, maybe three of my uncles. Um, But she, my grandfather was a merchant marine and he had been abroad. And finally, when she migrated, she first arrival only like one story was in manhattan new york but she settled um, made her home in astoria queens and that's where they raised their family
1: and i think it's so interesting how um we can often look at our lives and think they're insignificant but and then I think what stood out to me the most um, with our grandmother is, you know, one person might think it's insignificant, but it has impacted so many, right? Because she impacted Puerto Rico when she lived there and was being raised with her siblings and helping raise them and like all the things that she learned there were just helping her be prepared for her motherhood journey that she had to embark upon in Queens um, raising her, what ended up being nine children.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. When I think about that time in my mind, I have these images of her helping her, um, mom make, um, what was at that time, um, contraband rum or, you know, or her (laughs) and how she learned nature, right? Because, um, she was very holistic. I remember being on a visit to Puerto Rico with her and, her one of her best friends there they got um, aloe plants and they cut it and they're like squeezing the aloe naturally like right out of it which in my own experience it would have been just going to the pharmacy and like buying a container of something but everything with her was she did understand where things came from and she was that generation that I kind of especially in times like we're currently living where people are like baking and doing things to bring family back together like all of her learnings of how to maintain a household were from scratch they were like from the earth you buy it you put these ingredients together if if things like pasteles and making sancocho and all those things took um took all this prep she she understood what all those pieces were and i feel like where she came from her connection to nature how she enjoyed growing things all had to do with that imprint that her um, homeland made on her and how she carried that out as a caregiver, a mother, um, nurturer. And that was the role that those were the little fig points in who she was as a loving figure that kind of stand out and made her unique to maybe how other people took on being a woman, a mother, a daughter, a a grandmother.
1: Yeah. And I think also the figure of bravery, right? Because to come to New York City with already a young family and she was young herself, you know, (laughs) In her early 20s -hmm. and not speaking the native language um, of English uh, and just having Spanish be her first language and having to learn that here as she was raising her children and just embarking on a new adventure. Um, Honestly, I don't think in my early 20s I would have been able to embrace that. I think oftentimes. As a mom, I feel paralyzed, right? Because, or trapped, <laughs> because I'm like, well, uh, am I ready to like shake up life for everybody? Or should we just stay where we are and maybe there's a better time? Mm-hmm. But I think her figure of bravery, I hope it encourages those that are listening to cease the moment, right? And to, to know that you're able to do it. And that you're equipped with everything within yourself to do it because my grandmother was a perfect example of that. Um, just making things work and the learning as she went. And I think her figure of bravery just showed that failure happens, but it, it wasn't going to paralyze her or... Um, keep her from trying to learn if anything had motivated her to figure it out
0: yeah and it definitely <laughs> um, made the idea that you were sharing about who you are and where you make an impact she embraced everything that she was learning in this in a new place and when I think of you know you'll see these really elaborate um, depictions in film of the world's fair and i my first exposure was her describing it and I I almost was impressed in seeing some like director's depiction of it because I was just like oh my god she really got it like in her description and I'm like <laughs> well of course because she was like a first-hand uh you know it was a first-hand account from her but as a kid, you're hearing things and you're like, yeah, airplane, yeah, plants, yeah, the ocean. Like you hear things from family and it's like, yeah, you love. But then when you see that this is something that draws so many people's attention and it's um, projected that way and that she just had such a keen sense of like how significant it was and that she took her kids along for them to be a part of that history too. Um, I just know that she admired... Um, phases of life that she lived through and their impact on her and her family but also she knew how to like embrace them and be a part of them and like make them like weave them into who she was
1: yeah and she made an impact right because when i just think of her and her impact on astoria and you know Maybe history books won't capture it, but she had a huge impact on the community of Astoria and was seen as a positive figure in that community and just strong. And one of the other words that I often attribute to her is faith. And her faith is where she became that strong impact in Astoria because she had a strong faith in Jesus Christ and God. And she would help out in her community church and she would just, I just know oftentimes I'd be off at college and I would be thinking about her. I'm like, oh, she's probably on her route of giving out communion and going to see the sick and hitting up the 99 cent store in between there. Um, Or just having her chipper conversation with the bus driver or the man
0: in the bodega,
1: you know, like she just, her faith carried her through um all the different phases of her life well
0: the other part of it is that she was just so naturally a one of god's sheep you know she was jesus's sheep and she was an apostle and she practiced all the things when i think about any of the stories i learned as a child that they're appealing to children to expose them to faith it in my mind the picture is always my grandmother you know um how you how jesus multiplied loaves and fed people and like how that was kind of how you saw her faith come up come through also that she she wasn't afraid of the sick she wasn't um trying to escape um that she actually had really tough times and the economic part of her life was you know she she, but she never looked like she was lacking anything and didn't navigate her life through like fear or that lack of anything and so you saw the abundance you saw the generosity Um, she prayed with people she advised um, she truly spread that message through her actions on a daily basis it was just so ingrained in who she was to turn the other cheek and um, treat others the way she wanted to be treated and that didn't take away that she was human and there were moments where like maybe she teased too much or maybe she um, would say certain things because she was very direct. She would say things and maybe it wouldn't sit well the first time. And she was human. She wasn't a saint, Um, but (laughs) it always came along with all those other pillars of impacting others and being loving and um, just not, turning a blind eye to what was going on around her correct and her faith often
1: challenged me to say what do I believe in right that would drive me to the point to be so secure and so motivated to get get up every morning and go give it another go um and like you were sharing, she did not live with fear. And I remember distinctly one time that she was out giving communion or something at some crazy hour of the night or going to do something for the church at some crazy hour of the night that she was in the street and she ended up getting Mm -hmm. mugged. And like, she was like, nothing about it. She was like, yeah, I held on to the purse as long as I could, (laughs) but you know, pray for him. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, Grandma, you're not going back out there at that time of the night. She was like, oh, that that can't stop mm-hmm. me. <laughs> like, no, you're not. So,
0: you're not going to put yeah. me, you're not going to supervise me or give me a curfew <laughs> or like. Yeah,
1: it's like, oh, can you please give up the keys to the car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's that time. <laughs> but she just always, always came back to, I have my God. And then she would always Cover up with humor and my dog, mm-hmm. you know so just her faith though often made me think to myself, and I think as moms, we often think about this what what do we believe in uh, and with enough conviction to cause us to act to cause us to get up another day and either live in a certain way, and I think, as a mom i I embraced that thought more and more because I was like, well, I want to pass on to my kids things that I truly am convicted about, things that I truly am passionate about and believe in. Um, And I, I definitely got that motivation from my grandmother and her faith.
0: I think I also think about how many people sought refuge in her company. And I would advise our Torn tribe to kind of put out your feelers for who is that confidant that when you walk through their door and you sit at their table or you invite them to your space or your children are around them, they feel seen and you feel seen and heard. And it just adds to an atmosphere of that peace that faith gives you. So when you've been sent your teachers, when you've been sent your mentors you know tune in because sometimes when we're feeling the most torn and the most alone um, that is what we need and that is what God is sending us so that we Mm -hmm. can get through the phase we can learn the lesson Um, the teachers do appear no matter how um, like in they they might not look like the expected uh, role and yet they're there for that purpose
1: Exactly. I remember often being at grandma's, you know, home and people would just pour in and I'm like, I don't know what this woman has, but they just spill their guts. I'm like, can anyone come to the door without a problem? <laughs> but she, like you were saying, you know, she would just feed. She would either feed them spiritual food and share with them counsel that would is everlasting, or she would physically cook, because food is the other mm-hmm. word that comes to mind. And she really used her talent in the kitchen to heal some souls. <laughs> um, because she loved to cook. And I you know, food is uh one of the areas that I struggle with because I often get really annoyed that most of the time society Uh, automatically assumes that a mom is the one that cooks in the house. And my kids are often there to remind them, not in our Mm -hmm. house. (laughs) That's not the way it works in our house. But I think food in this instance symbolizes having hospitality to the point where you're able to share joy with someone. Mm -hmm. And that's how my grandmother used food. It was just simply to share joy and to see joy in someone else's face. Because she would cook specific meals and if she knew that was your favorite meal, she wanted to hear that you enjoyed it and that it tasted good and she wanted to just sit there and watch you eat
0: every bite. And more <laughs> um, and more and let and you know more. There was more <laughs> not to be shy. And that's the thing I think about, too, about her um, like it links with her faith because she would do two cups of rice and it fed 20 people like you're just like, what? <laughs> How did that pot of rice, how did that happen? Um, And all stay warm. (laughs) And and so from pastries that she made a lot when her grandchildren were younger, and then the arroz con pollo, arroz con gandules, Mm. the seasonal making pasteles that you're, you're Peeling vegetables and you're grinding them down and you're full and I never ate a pastel in my life like I have not had one in my life but I was definitely on the assembly line making them um, how she just really enjoyed from the going shopping and picking up what she needed to prepping everything. Um, it brought her memories, she told stories, Um, like occasionally you'd show up and she had done the whole process on her own and you're just like, what happened? It's like, oh, a Saturday, that that's just kind of what she was moved to do. Um, When you knew what labor it took to do those things but it never seemed difficult to her aside from like there not being any measurements that you could not note down to replicate it yourself it was just like a pinch of this and a little bit of that and more of that and you, you just know as you keep doing it you know and I was like yeah I keep doing it I haven't done it like I haven't done it so I need to know um, and the stories or what it made her think of added to I truly do believe that food comes from the heart that you feel the emotion people feel um when they're preparing it for you what their intention was what their emotions were what they were going through and um that definitely came across whenever because there was no more disappointing look than you telling my grandmother like no I eat already or I'm good and it was like no this it's gonna happen like she was just also so determined it was like no you're gonna have a plate of food in front of you before you leave my space <laughs>
1: yeah The house always smelled like food and you couldn't help. I would always feel so bad because I would leave my grandmother's house and be like, oh my gosh, I got to change my clothes because I smell (laughs) like I've been in a Hispanic woman's house. (laughs) I just ripped up food. But she, yeah, she just really enjoyed it. And I don't know, I'm not a chef. So yes, you do taste the burnt. The dry, the not seasonal food when I cook because that's about all I give um, in the kitchen. But it's just it would it made my jaw drop as I got older to see that she was able to make like make those things as fast as like fast food because I'm like it only takes her. She would always say, "Oh, give me thirty minutes," and you would have like this gourmet meal in front of you, and I'm like, that's about as long as it takes me to boil some hard boiled <laughs> eggs like that's to make hard boiled eggs so but just to see her happy and her joy and so i i bring up the food for her because it's something that i've been trying to find in my own life like what is it that i can naturally do with joy that's so contagious that even if other people don't enjoy doing that particular activity that they get to embrace it in a different way like for us i don't enjoy cooking but i enjoyed sitting and eating my grandmother's food um And taking in her joy in that manner or just sitting there, even with her old coffee pot, like (laughs) her little uh, silver coffee pot, just watching her make coffee. And even though I don't like drinking coffee, I would sometimes sit with her and just drink a cup just because her joy was so contagious. And that is something that I desire as a mom, you know, and as a woman to be around people and have my joy be contagious um, to pass it on to them. For sure. And I think the summation of our grandmother um, and not that she was lacking any number in children <laughs> or grandchildren or great grandchildren, but I think family, family was at the core of who she was. And she would bring family to every dimension of her life and whether that was her church family her story Ravenwood's people, family, you know, she made everyone feel like family. Even the people that came to sell her like jewelry or whatever it was, um, they, they would be treated like family. And I even noticed that when she was living down here in charlotte north carolina like she loved people so much it made them feel like so much family that half these people i didn't even know <laughs> you know and i'm like where did you meet my girl oh when she was sitting outside you know <laughs> just catching air. i saw her like five times and you know they would start calling her grandma because they she just made them feel like family and so she much like her faith like, she embodied that aspect of Jesus, of just desiring relationship, and she truly understood what it took to raise a family, but also to,
0: like, have those family bonds. She just was so, she, w- she was the eldest of 14. She was so the older sister, like, in so, and I related so much to being the eldest in my family to that, and it was the like set an example, make the sacrifice, worry about everyone and um, kind of take your tally. Where are people? What are they doing? Um, How is this going to work? The guilt you do to commit other people to things that they might not inwardly want to be committed to (laughs) like you just have that like no like we have to be there like we're gonna this is how we're gonna make it work like how how are we getting 25 people in one vehicle to whatever and it was like that was her concern it was like no well we can't leave out this one or that one and I think back to this extended family in a story and it was like as early as like trick-or-treating with my cousins in the building across the street from the church she went to and They would all open their doors and that eventually would be where when I was driving and I had to pick her up to bring her home, I would go and knock on the door because she's visiting someone. I would pick her up and it just was transitioned through phases of life that was like, this is family, right? Because this is who you're seeing day to day, who you're helping, who you're seeing through their troubles, who you're celebrating. And she was so great at that. When I think about her finally having an empty nest and being on her own as far back as I can remember in my lifetime, it was then the family she made to then take some trips um, with the church. That was like her, her little traveling crew for a few years. And then it was, um, community things um, locally and when her church kept getting smaller people were going to other parishes and then there would be flea markets and she always had something going on but it was in this way of like these are my traditions these are my people I set this example I invite other people in I network, she introduces people, she, she suggests people for jobs. And it was just like, she was just so tied to so many people in that way. It was like, your problem is my problem. And, um, But with this piece, it was never with any, she never huffed and puffed. I huff and puff about so many things in my life. And I'm just like, I can't remember my grandmother ever like complaining. I'm like, woman, how do you... There were so many things to complain about. How did you not complain?
1: Not in our earshot. shot. Um, (laughs) She did not complain. (laughs) Everything was done with a smile. And I even know, like, she... As she got older and she lived down here, I remember, um, like, that whole thing of family and, like, always finding something to do. She managed to... Um, become friends with one of my friends and they started going out on like coffee dates and stuff now i wasn't invited but (laughs) they would go out and i was like oh this is interesting because grandma always thought coffee was something that could be made in the house you didn't have to go out there and buy it like nothing was better than her coffee (laughs) um but she just saw a need and was willing to take some of her time, even though she was older and a little slower and tired. she still would go out there with a smile and be grandma to someone that needed a grandma yeah, right definitely. or it's like
0: i yeah. every time I see dominoes, I think of sitting and playing dominoes with my grandmother. I see checkers <laughs> we would play in Puerto Rico with an old wooden checkerboard and like buttons, and so she knew how to like. It, That example of like seeing that someone else needed her company just makes so much sense because she was so good at, she was like this chameleon who would just like find the things she could fit in to like make you feel loved and listened to and then join her right and it's just the buy-in so you can join her on whatever her next shenanigans were <laughs> it's like oh yeah. okay and then we can head off and I'm gonna be making some curtains so let's go look at some material over there and just as good as she was <laughs> at keeping kids entertained like I remember trying to replicate with Soph the like we're gonna go get fresh air and I'm gonna feed you and then you're gonna take a nap and because you can't let children be idle she would almost have the same strategy with teenagers adults like she just she just knew how to work people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's like that is what this is yeah. not gonna drive me crazy. I know I've got this covered. I know how to handle this. I know yeah. how to be helpful. And you'll leave and you'll feel brand new.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was all motivated by love. She honestly just loved people. She was the extrovert. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because with her even her word searches, <laughs> I don't know how many word searches and she would turn it into a game. And I remember with my brother, um, we would often race to see who can find the most words and then that last word, who can find it first, <laughs> like turn cause she just knew we were competitive. So she just turned it into a competitive game so that we could just sit there for hours with her, um, and not be bored. Right. So it's just awesome. And so I hope like hearing this torn tribe that you can recognize the women in your life that are pouring into you the same things or recognize that you are that woman too, Mm -hmm. um, that's establishing these things for your family and that you're setting a legacy. And though textbooks might not capture it and you may or may not be on a Netflix documentary, um, you're still making an impact and in, in so many people's lives and it far outlives our physical life here on this earth, which is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, te queremos mucho.
1: And now for our men's segment, where we share a highlight from the week. So, meme, what's
0: many this week? Being handy, I have put together a bookcase, <laughs> two mini desks, and what else? Oh, I I picked up some like I'm decorating the dining room table and like setting place settings and new plates and everything. But that's that's just so that it's a it's aesthetically appealing to look at. You know, if you're going to be in the space all the time, you want it to be cozy. But the building things, it clears my head. You're getting ready to homeschool? (laughs) Not (laughs) at all. Not at all. (laughs) I'm trying to distract myself from the cruel reality. So um, building things clears my head. Um, It's probably the most organized, follow. Like, I am systematic while I I'm always telling you guys how much I don't follow a routine that I can't do two things twice back to back day, you know, two back to back days. Um, When I get a box of something I have to put together, there's an entire system. It's like I lay out an area where I have enough space to see my parts. I get the directions. I have my tools. I make sure I'm comfortable. The people aren't in my way. That if I have to leave something temporarily, I can leave it there for a while. I open up the box. I make sure I have everything I need. And it really bothers me to like make a mistake so this week I have just been like shooing people's help away I'm like I don't need your help like I'm perfectly fine if I need you to like tighten something or squeeze you know like tighten up a screw or do whatever because I'm not strong enough I will call you but like I'm very I'd rather be upset with myself because I have to take something apart and like I missed a step then have someone else in it because I'm like you're gonna hear it if we mess this up together <laughs> and it is just really it I feel like it's one of those things that you enjoy it because you're good at it. And I love seeing the finished product. Um, And so this just, has been a week where I've just had the opportunity to do that several times, but I really, really enjoy it. Um, So that's been mending me to like, produce the finished product and like decorate and do things around the house and make some decisions about our space. But it is really the meticulous process of, the pieces and how it goes together and getting it to function i'm always really impressed with the way things are put together so that they can be divided and like shipped to someone to put together like I, I don't know what that's called i don't know who does the design of how pieces should be structured and placed together so that it makes sense to be an easy build um but i i really really enjoy that
1: that's awesome And who knows what those desks and bookshelves will be used for. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, I would say what's mending me this week is we, me and Steve actually received an email from an old friend um, and I I emailed him back, but then we actually called each other because we hadn't spoken in 10 years nine years (laughs) we hadn't seen each other um and so good old jose we gave him a ring and we spoke for two hours two and a half hours and it was hilarious because it was late at night and he was still at, at a job and His uh, wife was waiting for him and he was just cracking me up because he's like, she's trying to tell me something, but I'm going to ignore her so that we can continue talking because it's been too long. But it was just refreshing to um, be reminded of what me and my husband used to do before we actually had children. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and it was interesting timing too, because my third son, Zeke, had asked us, like two days before I received that email mom what did you and dad used to do before any of us came along how
0: did you keep busy you must have had so much
1: time on you he's like you must have been so bored I'm (laughs) like oh quite the opposite (laughs) quite the contrary um and it it just got me thinking and and so it was just nice to re-establish that friendship that you know kind of got Uh, lost in the mix of life um, because we ended up becoming so busy with our kids but it was nice to go back and reminisce about being at his place or being at our place doing puzzles and just praying together and talking about the word and it was just refreshing to hear. his jokes. Oh yeah, (laughs) hearing his jokes that you know half make sense because they probably make more sense in Spanish than in English but He just cracks me up, but, and then reminiscing about how he came to visit us and on his way back, his car broke down, but someone on the other side of the highway knew him and all these things (laughs) were just, God is very evident in Jose's life. Um, And if you're just friends with him, there's no way that you could deny God exists because you're like, oh my goodness, you shouldn't even be here still (laughs) talking to me how did you not get kidnapped (laughs) because the things that he does are just very interesting um and but since we had last seen him and stuff it was nice to hear that he has gotten remarried and all that stuff so it was just a lot to catch up on and good old friendships and i the mending part of it is that There are some friendships that are so deep that you don't have to talk every day or even once a year to pick up where you last left off. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we literally just jumped back into it It as if we just had this long pause, but we picked up a conversation that we had started 10 years ago and had grown so much. And the funniest thing from the entire conversation was like... um, him telling me because he always, he, he, him telling me that I have slowed down. He's like Athena. It is nice to be able to understand all the words coming out of your mouth because you're no longer speaking at the same speed that you used to speak. And he's like, and Steve, you said the same. <laughs> he hasn't speed up, so um, Carolina it was is just
0: really sunken in.
1: <laughs> yeah. North Carolina has slowed me down. (laughs) That and Steve Ramsey. Um, So it was just really enjoyable to rekindle an old friendship. So I would encourage our torn tribe, especially during this time of quarantine or people thinking they shouldn't be quarantining. Quarantine yourself, please. And <laughs> don't let this peak again and get connected via phone
0: or FaceTime or Zoom or any other channel. Or build um, something, do a puzzle or do something. <laughs> not do it yourself. Like don't overdo it. Nothing that you need a glue gun or you need like to paint it all before you can put it together. Like baby steps. Just put something together or pick up the phone and call somebody you haven't in a long time.
1: Yeah, this is the perfect time to do that, to get reconnected with old friends, that life has just been moving too fast, that you can't have time to actually sit down and spend time with them. Um, But yeah, definitely don't do something that's going to make you end up in the ER. Not a good time. (laughs) (laughs) So I keep telling that to people, like, we're supposed to get like a power washer to do the back deck. And I'm like, people, if we get the power washer, please do not power wash your foot or anything (laughs) crazy because this is really not a good time for them. But um, stay connected with folks. Uh, Try not to be too reclusive during this time and go back, just sit and reflect on old things that used to bring you joy and try to bring them to the forefront and try them again. And so in honor of May... And since May is the month that we often think of Mother's Day and trying to honor all the women in our lives, Memes and I want to continue honoring moms um, this month, and we have an awesome message from one of our listeners to their mother, and so I shall read it. So Carrie Sumner to her mom, Linda Ramsey, I love the time we get to spend together, mom. Proverbs 31:31 31, 31 says, "Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. I think you are amazing." Thanks for sharing. And at Torn Tribe, we hope you stay connected. Memes, let our folks
0: know how they can stay connected. We'd really love to hear from you. Email us tornmlb at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Handle at tornmlb. Have a great one. Thanks for joining. Choose Grace. When you feel torn, choose Choose grace. grace.